0: Welcome, everyone. Today, my guest is Alex Toth, General Manager of Home Builder Partnerships at Open Door, to talk about the latest home builder sentiment, which was positive, and the advantages builders have in this market. First, here's a word from our sponsor.
1: I'm Diego Sanchez, Chief Operating Officer of HW Media, and I'm here today with Melinda Wilner who's the Chief Operating Officer at United Wholesale Mortgage. Melinda, so good to chat with you today.
2: Great to chat with you as well. Thanks for having me.
1: So obviously the borrower needs to be front and center during the origination process. What other clients and partners should loan originators be thinking about, especially in a purchase market?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think number one is the people involved in that actual transaction. It's their transaction too. The borrower's going to remember part and parcel, you know, the entire thing, whether it's the, what the realtor did, what it was that the loan officer did. So uh, I say, you know, most importantly, the realtors that they're working with, making sure that that's a smooth transaction, whether it's somebody that they've already done business with and they'll continue to do business with, or maybe in a really great scenario, they can wow The other realtor who they don't do business with, and that's a future uh, source for them, or should anything happen with their referral partner as well. Um, But really, anybody who has access to people thinking about moving or doing anything with their mortgage is huge. Um, You know, financial planners have always been a great resource. Um, divorce attorneys have always been a great, great resource. And then, you know, the obvious ones like, you know, builders, I think um, a little bit harder for some people to conceptualize new builds and breaking into that community as well. But really important for loan officers to, to be looking at, at builders as well. And then again, you know, anything that really touches um, people in the community, anything that even remotely thinks of home buying.
1: Melinda, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights.
2: Thank you again for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Alex, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me again.
0: Absolutely. We enjoyed our conversation last time, and we are always interested in checking in on what's going on uh, with builders. So let's first start with um, builder sentiment for March. You know, despite the challenges facing the housing market, builder sentiment was cautiously optimistic. That's in uh, uh, quotes there in March. So what are some of the factors that are giving builders more confidence in this market?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think you're right. Cautiously optimistic is is what we're hearing across the board. And just so everyone's on the same page, um, builder sentiment is based on a monthly survey of NAHB members, and really it's meant to take the pulse of the single family housing market. So the survey asks respondents respondents to rate market conditions for the sale of new homes currently in the next six months, and then what traffic of prospective buyers looks like. So kind of taking a blend of how we're currently seeing the market, and then the anticipation for the future market. Now, a number below 50 indicates that most builders view conditions as poor rather than good, and obviously vice versa. If the number is over 50, most builders are seeing that conditions are good. So in March, the score rose two points from February, from 42 to 44. So still not quite at that good level, but uh, quite an improvement from the last time we talked in, in November and the index was at 33. Um, And additionally, for for context, year over year, last March, the index was at 79, and really that was driven by much more significantly lower interest rates. Um, So really when we look at the the three components of the index, the sales conditions rose two points to to 49, buyer traffic rose three points to 31, so still quite low on the traffic level, Um, and then sales expectations, in the next six months fell one point to 47. And I think a lot of that's driven by some of the uncertainty that we're seeing in the, in the macro environment. But the, the other bit of good news is that new home sales did pick up by 9.8% from, from normal levels. Um, and that's really helping some, some building material companies. And when we look at kind of regionally how this breaks down, we're seeing the South and North, uh, Northeast seeing some strength, each rising five points. Um, the West having a little bit of recovery. Remember when we talked about the, the West with some of those net in migration markets, uh, particularly the Phoenixes of the world having really, really strong COVID in migration. They're picking back up four points and the Midwest kind of remaining slow and steady at one point. And really, I think that the last thing that we we see and that we're, we're touching on is really that um, current sales conditions in, in March rising two points to 49 is the strongest traffic reading since September of last year. So we're, we're starting to see a good bit of recovery. And, and this matches everything. Uh, this sentiment report matches everything that we're hearing with our home builder partners here at Open Door. And just kind of a reminder of, of where our expertise comes from. We work with builders uh, in more than 50 markets across the U.S. for folks to be able to sell us their current home to go ahead and buy their new construction home, have a have a contract on their current home and then purchase that new construction home. So we talk with a lot of sales associates and a lot of builders across the country through that uh, channel.
0: Yeah, and we appreciate that. That's one. That's why we have you on, is because you really do have that, you know, uh, larger look there. What are What do you think? What are some advantages that builders have compared to sellers in in the existing home market? Because I do think that there's probably not the same optimism <laughs> among sellers uh, of existing homes. So, so what do you think is is working there?
1: Yeah, it's it's really. Um kind of two different markets when we look at the new construction market versus the resale market, Sarah, you're, you're absolutely correct. And I think this year may be a year where we see builders grow a significant share in terms of the, the overall share that they're getting of home sales. Um, really, I think the, the key drivers are the builder's ability to offer incentives to customers. So these incentives are, are coming either in the form of, of price cuts um, or rate buy downs. So when we look at kind of how the the survey shakes out. We see that 31% of builders reduced home prices in March, about the same level that that reduced uh, home prices in in February. Um, And again, 62% of these builders are saying that they're also buying down that 30-year mortgage rate. So we're seeing some of these builders buy buy rates down even into the mid fours, um, into the low fives which really, really helps builders sell homes, as we know most consumers are payment driven. So they're looking at this and saying, well, even though this this new construction home might be more expensive, because of this rate buy down, my payment is either going to be the same or even lower than a, a similar resale home. And obviously with new construction, you're getting all that new technology, new air filtering, all the health and wellness benefits of of a new construction home. So we we think that this is really going to be a year when uh, builders can continue to drive share. And just for kind of the the audience's reference, um, Zonda just just put out a a survey and some reporting. Um, They're a company that deals with a lot of, of new construction data and new construction surveys. And really, when you look at early 2022, almost kind of the, the height of the market, um, in order to get that same payment today, most builders needed to cut their homes by by 20 percent, needed to cut those prices by 20 percent to get to that same payment. Um, but what we see is that they don't need to take that full 20 percent payment. We're seeing some five to 10 percent price cuts And then adding in that rate buy down to get to that same payment level and builders really have that that opportunity because they're building these homes a lot of the public builders obviously have to sell these homes to to meet their their quarterly guidance um and they're not kind of stuck with that low interest rate like we see a lot of consumers where they're simply saying hey my rate's up three percent i have no interest in in going out and getting a much higher rate um, regardless of of the home so Builders have a lot of advantages versus where we're seeing the resale market kind of uh, at a little bit of a standstill as as individuals are are hesitant to leave their current mortgage rate to go get a much higher mortgage rate um, and kind of worry about you know am I am I selling or and buying and, and having this transaction at the wrong time.
0: That that's so huge. It's hard to overstate that advantage that the builders have because you know your typical seller they can lower the rate on their they can lower the. Uh, cost of their home the price but you know an individual seller is not in the position to be like let me let me do all these things for you you know um that a builder can and to your point um you're getting a lot of brand new things with a a new home that you know you're not going to have to replace the water heater or the air conditioner or what or the roof or whatever so for a while so i do think that's a huge advantage
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think the the other piece of this is, you know, builders have seen, it, it, just like the, the, the market at large, a really, really, um, you know, extensive uh, home price appreciation kind of coming out of the pandemic as everyone realized, okay, we are going to be staying at home and folks were able to work remote and we saw um, homes be really, really great performing assets. so. Um, you saw builders really report some strong, strong earnings throughout, you know, the back half of 2020 and into 2021, and really those those earnings came in the the form of, you know, very high margins um, as they were able to sell the homes that they were were building, you know, at 2019 levels. All of a sudden, they had that price appreciation and were selling that same home for. You know a much higher price. We were talking to builders across the country who you know had 30 buyers for every home. They were saying, "Hey, I'm I'm taking a price increase basically every three sales that I have." So while they are cutting prices, they still have really really healthy margins. So we're seeing a lot of builders whose um, you know margins were in the 30 percent range. Now we're seeing that kind of come down to the 24 to 22 percent range, which is much more in line with historical averages. The other thing that that we see builders able to do that, that your typical seller is not, is what we call value in engineering in the industry. And so I think what we see is um, builders are basically working with suppliers to change the types of materials that they're using. So they know, you know, if you're uh, you know, lot has already been purchased. Your labor cost is, is pretty standard or maybe increasing. You're looking at this home and you're saying, well, where can I maybe keep this price the same or keep it relatively in line, um, but not impact the overall experience of the home? And that's where they might use different uh, cheaper materials on, on the flooring or on the windows, but really, you know, doing everything they can to, to create affordability. And bring additional supply to the market, so they have a lot of options to be able to to sell homes, work on those affordable price points, and and help consumers buy. Um, that your to your point, the the resale market simply doesn't have.
0: This is uh, this hits very close to home for me because uh, I we bought a home in um, in a new area where builders are still building um, last summer. And now we're trying to sell that home and it's, it's hard to compete. And, you know, one of the things I thought was, you know, in a higher rate environment, when, when homeowners can afford, uh, to pay less, that's exactly what I was thinking about those materials. And I'm sure, you know, there are some of the extras are nice to have that builders can just cut, right? Like, oh, you know, we can go with this kind of tile instead of this kind of tile. We can go to this kind of flooring, especially, um, comes to mind and just the finish outs. Right. And, um, you know, people might be less picky because they're more price conscious.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, a, a great point where uh, there's kind of two things we, we see in that in regards to consumer preferences is, you know, I think the kind of overall buoy to the entire market is the fact that we have this massive, massive millennial generation that's in peak household forming years. So while consumers are kind of looking at this and saying, you know, hey, I don't want to move, I want to keep my my rate locked in. Uh, everyone who who has a growing family probably understands there's there's simply no option, and they simply have to move forward when you you know are are having your your third child or you're adding another pet to the family and the the house is bursting at the seams. And so there's a, a large portion of people that. Simply have to to buy a new home at this point, and I think they're really appreciative of those cost-effective materials as we're balancing a very very volatile interest rate environment, right? So I think that's where um, you know builders recognize, and, and you know the, the industry at large recognizes, hey, we are anywhere from you know two and a half to five million units short, depending on what survey and, and what market observer and uh, economist you look at. We know we need more housing. So in order to do that, the builders do have to make those cost effective uh, trade-offs. But I'm sure they understand that there's consumers like you that are looking at that and saying, oh, man, you know, I bought my house at a a little bit higher price point in this same general area. Um, I think that's the overall kind of market push and where that cautious optimism comes uh, from that we talked about is the fact that this millennial generation and then Gen Z right behind it are in those those household forming years and really, really driving demand. So I think if, if builders are able to bring a, a unit online and, and have that unit ready for a family, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, we've been hearing a lot of sentiment from our, our builders that they are shifting a little bit down market as well into that entry level um, price point. I think you you hear this term a lot, the, the missing middle. I think that's kind of what we're seeing of, of builders being able to bring on affordable homes for first-time buyers to get them into that home environment and then start to, to trade up um, through new construction. But it's definitely, definitely a balance there when it comes down to to customer experience and and you know I, I follow pretty much every home builder on Twitter and I, I see a lot of commentary and there's definitely a lot of folks who look at this and say, well, hey. You know, you're selling this home for a little bit less than than I bought it last year, um, and that really just comes down to to rates and the volatility we're seeing in the market.
0: Absolutely, and listen, there are no guarantees here. <laughs> so, you know, when 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 we bought, we knew what we were doing there. Um, so, to your point, on they might be looking to serve different kinds of buyers or at least um, understand the price points that they're looking at. Do you see like different certain types of lenders being more positive? So for instance, you know, is it a better market for luxury builders or, or those who are on the, you know, in that uh, starter home era or in the missing middle?
1: Yeah. So what we're seeing is it really depends on geography and, and availability of inventory and, Consumers seem to be really accepting that we're in a new mortgage rate environment and they're accepting these these new rates. Um, Stuart Miller, the chairman of, of Lennar Homes, one of the largest home builders in the country, their Q1 ended um, in February. They have a little bit of a, a different fiscal year and they're usually the, the first to report. And really what they were seeing is that the, the same sentiment that consumers are accepting these these higher interest rates and starting to move. So when we see a, a resell inventory being as, as low as it is, we think that there's really, really great opportunity, um, again, for that entry level price point and for that first move up price point. Um, we look at this and as, as a company and we understand that there's there's people right now that are, are moving are really those individuals like I talked about before that really have to move. And and that's typically as their their family is growing is, is really kind of that forcing factor to just simply outgrow your home, where when you maybe look at um, individuals who are not quite at that family form, forming stage of life or, you know, the active adult um segment of the market, you see a lot of those folks say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm fine. I'm sitting in my home. I have a ton of equity. I can kind of wait and see and maybe make my decision in the next six months or in the next 12 months. So it really does seem to be that um, anecdotally that, that first-time buyer and that, that move-up buyer that's seeing a lot of strength right now um, and really just saying, hey, the interest rates are what they are. I'm going to go ahead and and make a decision and over the, you know, 7 to 10 years that I'll stay here as as the average American family, this is going to be the right decision for me. And we see home builders really really leaning into that that message. The other thing from from a geography standpoint, we continue to definitely see some some strength in, in the southeast. Um, I was recently visiting Tampa and and talking to the the VP of sales of of one of the largest builders in Tampa, and they were saying that they really did not see a slowdown and really through January and February um, had had some really, really great sales numbers. And they're kind of, you know, as a large builder tends to be right at that median price point in the market. And so they're still seeing a, a ton of strength as you have net in migration. And I think, you know, Florida continues to be one of the bright spots overall where folks are saying, okay, you can kind of, uh, you know, if you have these net in-migration numbers, in addition to the millennial family formation demand, and now you have all these new people moving into a market, um, you're just going to see that the the housing industry do well in that market and, and builders are recognizing that and taking advantage of that.
0: I love that. You know, let's talk, let's dig down into regions now. You know, I, I appreciate the Southeast comment there and Tampa specifically. It's pretty amazing that that continues to go strong since that was one of the biggest movers, right? People were moving there um, over the last year and a half, especially um, what about some of those other markets that we talked about last time so you know what about the southwest what about um, the phoenix market or the austin market or or if we, if we want to start with regions first that's great like is there a region that is doing the worst right now like that that we can look at
1: yeah i mean i think it, it continues to be a little bit more of of the same from what we initially talked about where um the the west continues to to struggle as folks move to some of those markets like the Phoenix, Austin, Boise markets um, that kind of are, are having a pullback now, whereas the the South continues to seem to be a, a very large job creator, uh, despite and was a job creator prior to to COVID. So I think uh, when you look at at from a from a sentiment report standpoint, um, the West is is coming in at a thirty six in March, and the Midwest is actually. Uh, reduced from a 36 in February down to a, a 35. So those are kind of the markets where folks really are kind of still trying to adjust and trying to understand. But we do see, um, you know, a few bright spots despite that. Um, we've all heard the news of layoffs. We've all seen that, but employment really remains strong in a lot of markets. You know, it, it really seems like the layoffs have have been concentrated um, in the in the tech industry, I think, Meta and and Amazon both announced layoffs uh, this week or last week. Uh, But when you look at Dallas, Jacksonville, Houston, Atlanta, some of these really, really large markets in the U.S., they're still seeing really strong employment. Um, The other thing that I think we we see is that some of these smaller, more local economies um, where folks maybe are working remote um, are seeing just kind of an increase in their overall payrolls Places like Charleston, South Carolina, you know Boulder, Colorado, uh, Port St. Lucie, which is there on the the east coast of, of Florida, um, these are areas that are are large home building areas and that are really picking up steam despite some of the kind of broader macro concerns that we we talk about. So I think um, the. The key thing is, you know, the West I think is still um, trying to figure out how how the market's going to be impacted if they're going to continue to to reduce prices. But the 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 South, the Midwest, um, and the Northeast are, are a little bit more more stable. Um, and I think what's driving that is is not only the net immigration, but what we talked about before, which is simply the lack of resale inventory. So that's. Really going to be one of the key drivers, and and I think where that cautious optimism comes from, um, pretty much every builder right now seems to be focused on on the macro, trying to understand what's going to happen at uh, tomorrow's Fed meeting, what's going to happen uh, in regards to backstopping some of these banks and, and Silicon Valley Bank and all the, the the fallout from that, uh, because I think if if we see actually a dip in in mortgage rates that potentially might pick up some of the resale buyers off the sidelines.
0: It's a great point. And it is the question, right, for our industry is like, <laughs> what is happening with interest rates? Because that is going to determine so much of what the rest of this year looks like. And so, you know, that's the next question that I wanted to ask you is like, the overall outlook for, for 2023, last time we talked, it was November. So we had, you know, what what we thought was going to happen. Has that overall outlook for for builders changed at all?
1: yeah i think for for builders for particularly from when we we talked in November absolutely and again, you know just going back to to the data, this sentiment in November was coming in at thirty three dropped to thirty one in December, and now we've popped back up to forty four and i think the the key here is is that um the selling season started a lot earlier we had a, a pretty dramatic dramatic drop in uh, mortgage rates in January, and that really seemed to pick a lot of folks up off the sideline. And when you look at what NAHB is, is forecasting, they're seeing that the new home demand really is picking up as consumers are are saying, hey, I'm accepting these rates. The, that lack of resale supply continues to be a stressor on the market. Um, and then builders are bringing inventory online. So they're very cautious about how they balance um, putting new inventory on the market, but in this uncertain environment, we hear anecdotally, I was talking to a, a VP of sales from, from a top 20 builder, and he said, hey, look, one of our best performing segments right now are our spec homes, our inventory homes. So in, in the building world, you have you know, a home that you can go in and, and build that home, and it maybe takes you six to nine months, and then builders build that home that's, that's ready to transact on today. And those are the homes that consumers are actually gravitating towards in this environment, where they say, well, I want to lock in my, my mortgage rate, I want to know what I have, and I want to just move into that, that home. And I think that's why we're seeing some of those cost-effective materials actually be acceptable to a consumer, because right now the certainty and the ability to get in the home and know what they're going to pay outweighs waiting six months and trying to see what's going to happen with the, the macro environment. Um, the last thing that we see is, is builders are, are really continuing to, to use those incentives. So those those margins still are going to be at that normalized you know, 20 to 24 percent levels. And builders are, are completely OK with that to, to move inventory. And, and we're even starting to see some builders uh, buying land again, which is always a, a sign of optimism from the home builders.
0: That is a sign of optimism. You know, you talked about um, layoffs and and the labor market in, in regards to just the overall economy. But let's talk about the construction labor market for a minute, because this is... Um, this is a huge driver, too, of, you know, some of the things that the Fed is going to be looking for as far as, you know, job losses. Um, so, you know, what do we expect to see, you know, in construction labor in the next six months, given that, you know, home builders are starting to buy land, that they're feeling a little bit better? What do we expect to see there?
1: Yeah. And this is not something that we watch as closely on our end. Um, but, you know, really, I think what we see is that, you um, as some of these, these material prices start to come down, as land prices start to come down, builders really are leaning in and saying, okay, I can start to get some inventory um, and start to, to move forward with a lot of these housing starts. And I think we, we talked about this a little bit last time where as some of these, these regions really do have quite – Different levels of performance from the, the west to the south. That we we hope that we can see that um, labor transfer to some of these centers where building really is is picking up. So I think hopefully that um, the the construction market it's it's or sorry the construction labor supply has traditionally been a very um, undersupplied labor market, and so. Uh, we hope to see that continue to be strong. I think there's there's a few factors in addition to consumer demand that's going to help that that labor supply, um, which is trends where we really see a lot of institutional investors leaning in and purchasing new construction homes, as well as builders pivoting and, and having build-to-rent um, inventory. So this is where they're building homes and, and renting those homes out. And a lot of the top 10 builders have these arms where they're saying, well, we simply need to uh, to bring more – uh, supply onto the market in any form. And so regardless of if that home is being built for, uh, you know, a, a sale to a consumer, or it's being built to be a, a rental home, that's still supply and that's still um, supply that's needed to be built by a large construction labor force. So I think we we probably will continue to see um, a very strong demand for uh, construction roles in, in the next six months. Regardless of, of what happens in, in the macro economy, but that's you know again we're we're focused at Open Door really on on the transaction and the buy and sell, so that's really kind of um, taking a lot of projections from various uh, trade publications out there and kind of understanding how that all plays together.
0: It makes total sense. And, uh, you know, we do see every time we see the construction labor numbers broken out. I mean, most of that is for multifamily, right? Um, It's not so much single family. So interesting, interesting times, you know, um, a little bit off topic, but I I wanted to talk about the International Builders Show in February. And, um, you know, what were some of the innovative products or services showcased there?
1: Well, Sarah, much like everything in our lives, um, AI was the, the key buzzword of the International Builder Show. So I think we're we're seeing the the building industry actually um, being front footed here um, versus you know maybe some of uh, of the years past um, when we saw the the GFC and, and builders kind of take a take a pretty hard pause from building for a few years there was kind of a a lag in adopting new technologies. And so what we're seeing right now is really um, builders leaning into what we see at Open Door as well, which is consumers' expectation of a digital self-service and on-demand experience. So customers wanna shop however they wanna shop, whether that's online, showing up to a model, uh, texting in. And we're seeing a lot of builders and a lot of new technologies really having kind of that AI assistance and that AI texting so that if a customer is looking at a a home at midnight, they don't have to have online, they don't have to have um, a a representative ready there for them. They can simply text with this AI chatbot and get all the information that they need. And it's some really, really amazing technology. And I think it's really going to help the industry just simply sell more homes. If you, if you think about another thing that, you know, your typical uh, consumer seller probably is not putting an AI chat bot when they're, they're listing their home. The other big thing is um, self-showing and, and, and with that digital checkouts. So I think really it's kind of trying to piece together all of these digital experiences. We know that customers are finding their home online. That's really where they're being introduced to the brand, and builders are really, really leaning into that. So there's technologies to allow customers to, to show up after hours and, and tour those homes. And then there's technologies that if you are looking at a, a home online, um, Taylor Morrison actually does a really great job with this as, as one example. You're able to basically say, hey, I want to put my deposit down um, and, and check out this home, for lack of a better term, um, and, and basically go into contract on that home. And then the last thing really in regards to customer experience I think we see all of us um, being very spoiled in, in the way that we interact with brands where transacting on most things these days is very easy. And when it comes to buying real estate, it's still a pretty difficult process. And, and that's one of our core thesis at Open Door is really simplifying that process. And So we see a lot of technologies out there to basically help the consumer uh, when they go into contract to build their, their home basically be able to follow along on a dashboard every single step of the way and have a really great experience. So builders are understanding, hey, it's not just delivering a really great home, it's also making sure that the uh, transaction and the experience of that transaction with, with the builder and with the brand is really positive. So some pretty exciting stuff coming out of um, the, the builder show and, and I think things that um, are, are gonna be pretty commonplace here in the next two to three years
0: really interesting to to see how they're doing that tracking technology so that people can see all along the way because I mean it you know as opposed to the mortgage process, which can be sort of you know not much fun, uh, you know, building a house is is supposed to be more fun. Um, I, I think so. and so um you know really enhancing that and having that tech part of it, which uh, when every time I have built a home has not been that way, um, so that'll be interesting to see and also, uh, the AI aspect. I've definitely seen a lot of homes that are, you know, advertising the smart home functions of that home, um, uh, which have been around for a while, but it, it is something that you have over, say, your typical um, existing home, unless that buyer has put something into it.
1: Yeah. And I was i was about to ask if, you know, on your, your home last year, or, or when you bought it, I think you said you bought it last year, or if you uh, had one of those dashboards or had any of those technologies. So, uh, it seems like maybe not. And maybe those are, are things that future consumers will get to enjoy. Yeah,
0: I did not. You know, we had a, a pretty small uh, builder doing it. I don't, I'm not He's a great builder. I just don't know if that's, you know, something that the larger brands are doing. Uh, But every time I have bought a home, the mortgage process I've gone through and all of that has been some of the most archaic. (laughs) It just, it's so funny Um, when I go, I know we can do better than this. So um, it was a great building process, but it it would have been even more fun to be able to follow along. And I would think that, you know, the efficiencies that the builder gets from that, just like in the mortgage process, if you provide a seamless experience, then you get less calls. People are, are self-serving and they're able to, you know, really find out the information without tying up your personnel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, all the, all the builders we talked to, it's it's kind of, I think that same sentiment that it's really not um, replacing their, their sales team. It's making their sales team so much more efficient um, and able to do a lot more and able to sell kind of in, in these, you know, different hours that they, they typically wouldn't sell it in which, you know, again, I think um, kind of in, in, in summary, it's it's all these technologies and and the ability to buy down mortgages and the ability to offer incentives. Um, it's looking like that cautious optimism for for home builders might be understandable. But again, we have a uh, a lot coming up in, in 2023, and uh, I think we're we're all kind of waiting to to see how some of these larger macro events shake out.
0: We are indeed. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today and really walking us through a lot of what's happening at the builder level. We so appreciate it. And I know that our audience really appreciates that insight. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Sarah. It was great to be back.
2: might look different this year, but it's
0: out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities. The perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles brings together the nation's most elite brokerage, association and team leaders, C-suite leaders, and top producing agents to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's Gathering of Eagles is at the Omni Barton Creek Resort in the Rolling Hill Country of Austin, Texas from June 18th to 21st. Learn more and register your spot today on the events page at realtrends.com. We can't wait to see you in Austin. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.